everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. We're your hosts. I'm Bethany. And I'm Crystal. Um, we just want to thank you guys so much for all your support lately. It's It, it really means a lot to us to have y'all as, I, we keep saying fans, and that's weird to like even describe people in our lives as fans, but I think that's what it's it has come to. Um, but keep interacting with us on all our social media accounts and it really makes our day. Like literally, uh, one night Crystal, uh, we've already talked about here. Um, she messaged me at like two o'clock in the morning. I know this was like a week ago mm-hmm. and she said that, um, one of the people that follows on Instagram messaged in and was talking about how she listens to us during work on her way to work and on her way home from work. And it makes her days just a little more manageable and I messaged Crystal back because um it woke me up and I was like that literally almost made me cry no I've I don't know if it's I I think because my husband's gone for like two days at a time for 48 hours so like anytime my phone goes off I think it's him or like okay, something. you're just making me feel worse no! and worse about texting you. No, I was happy though. I did message her back and I was like, wow, I'm kind of like crying a little bit because I feel like that's me and Crystal's goal, you know? We're doing these episodes for you guys and we already know how stressful life is and to get those messages, it's just very heartwarming and we just want to thank you guys just you know taking time out of your day to listen to us and you know send us a quick little message so thank you um and our 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 lurch and you know what me and crystal were just talking about how we always mess words up don't edit that out leave that in okay our lurch our merch is now live um, we actually just did a giveaway over on our Instagram, um, for a free shirt. That was actually really cool. That was really fun. Um, so stay tuned for more details because maybe we'll have more merch in the future. I would love to have our logo on a coffee cup. That would be cool. Because Crystal knows I collect coffee cups. Um, I just want to get more <clears throat> little graphics made too. Something, we need to come up yeah. with. I know we probably already have like a tagline or an inside joke that we could like reference back to, and get put on a cup. But <laughs> something. I mean, some even phrase. if it even if it's something as simple as "Don't edit that out." <laughs> I would totally put that on a shirt and wear it. Anyways, um, and maybe you know, like we're just talking about, maybe something new will uh drop soon. Um, but all the money, um, from the merch will be going directly back into the podcast to make it bigger and better. We haven't decided what that is yet, but thank you. Um, but on today's episode, we are going to be talking about another international case that you have probably heard of. Um, Crystal brought this one to my attention. I had kind of heard about it in passing, um, but this is going to be another one that was really really interesting to research and i'm really excited for crystal to tell us about um while her case was originally ruled as a suicide which i think is crazy but we'll get to that there are so many questions surrounding her death that make you wonder if this was not something more you know insert dun 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 music here um we have a lot of information to go through so i am literally going to just hand it right over to crystal so we can dive right on in Okay, guys, I'm going to try to make it quick. I literally have nine pages of notes, so I hope this isn't like a four-hour long episode. Shouldn't be, but let's go. So, so often we hear about 
so little about the victims in the cases. And that's something that we've complained about from the beginning, Mm -hmm. that we just don't always have a lot of research about who the person was that, you know, suffered this. So while I was researching, I was able to find a good amount about who Phoebe was. Um, I think it's important to talk about who she was before her death and not just who she was when she died. Because, I mean, to me, a lot of it is very important to the case. And I feel like they drag you. Like when you're yes. a victim, they try to say any and all bad things they about victim you. They victim blame. Yes, they do. Yeah. Even though, you know, people out there literally <laughs> killing people. Yes. So you guys know I like to give you my sources beforehand in case you want to follow along. For this case, though, I did rely on the coroner's inquests that were done, transcripts of conversations that were recorded and that were, um, yeah, that were just recorded, statements from um, officers, news articles from The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, and a podcast from The Age called Phoebe's Fall. It's like six episodes. It was really, really good. Definitely went into um, a lot of detail mm-hmm. in her life. But Phoebe Hanjek was born May 9th, 1986. Her parents were Natalie, or her parents are, Natalie and Leonid. I know I'm butchering it. Come for me, please, because... I want you to pronounce it better. I'm really trying with this name. <laughs> we Googled and YouTubed how to say it. Yes. So. Like, I am really trying. I hate when people say my name wrong. So, like, I am all about making sure people's names right. But sometimes I just can't do it. But anyway, her parents and friends all described her as wild and strong-headed. Um, her, as a young girl, she was incredibly socially active and was always hanging out with friends. Always wanting to be out of the house. She was surrounded with friends, and they all said she had a compassionate and giving heart. There was no shortage of notes left on her memorial website that detailed the positive experiences people had with her. And some of them were simply just, when they were having a bad day, Phoebe took the extra second to be kind to them, and it left a lasting impression. Unfortunately, when she was really young, I found a couple of sources that said around 13, Phoebe got really heavily involved in drugs and alcohol. This is something that she would use to cope with her depression and anxiety. And we all know some of the happiest people on the outside can suffer the most on the inside. And I want to be very clear, having substance abuse addictions does not take away the value of a person. Or the personality traits that they have. They're still human and they can be an incredibly great, kind, loving person, but struggle with substance abuse. So, I'm not saying this to make her seem like a bad person. That's kind of what I was talking about. I feel like, especially in this case, that's what they kept bringing up is... Oh, 100%. The drugs and the alcohol. And at the end of the day, if... Think of it as one of your loved ones. Say somebody comes and murders your sister. Is it going to make a difference that she might have been drunk and high? No. No, Somebody took her life. Yeah. So, while working at a hair salon, Phoebe met Anthony Hampel, who was 21 years older than her. Apparently, this was really normal for her. According to her mom, 
um, Natalie, when she was 16, Phoebe dated a much older teacher, and they actually had a very successful relation for, relationship for several years. So this wasn't new. This wasn't odd. Her family was used to her dating older people. Ant, as he was called, was a popular event promoter in Melbourne, Australia. And the two of them lived together in what I literally have in my notes as a super fancy apartment complex. Like, I mean, in all the videos and all the documentaries I wear, it's a pretty swanky place. Yeah, it's nice. Like, it wasn't cheap, and it is nice. Phoebe um, was now working for a marketing company that her, and this was actually a job that Aunt got her, um, and she spent hours every day training for her black belt, and I'm talking like eight hours a day training. Um, she was determined to earn her black belt in half the time as normal, and I mean, she seemed like she was succeeding in it. I mean, she was kicking butt from the stuff that I saw. Her relationship with Antho was far from perfect. Several times over the course of their relationship, they had been on and off, keep breaking up, and then they'd end up right back together. Um, according to Vanessa, who actually was originally a friend of Aunt, um, who then became a close friend of Phoebe, Phoebe had been talking about how she wanted to break up with Aunt for good because she was afraid that he was going to propose, and she didn't want that, but she just couldn't seem to get away from him. She claimed that Aunt was controlling and won't let her leave, and that's why she keeps ultimately coming back. According to the inquest done into her death, there are at least half a dozen people who Phoebe spoke directly to about her desire to leave Aunt, um, but that she didn't know how to do it. And to me, it almost, the way that I kind of understood it and read some of what was phrased, it almost seemed like it was someone trapped in a abusive relationship. It, those were just kind of the it, same. It sounds like a lot of women. A yeah, lot it of seems women. like a, yeah, a lot of people are stuck in the cycle of they just don't know what to do. And that's why they stay. So, moving on to the timeline before um, her death. On Sunday, so it pretty much takes place over the week through Sunday through Thursday. On Sunday, November 28th in 2010, Phoebe was talking to her mom while Aunt was in the other room. When her mom went to ask if Phoebe had broken up with Aunt yet, she shushed her mom and tried to change the subject. Just kind of, I guess, you know, just saying, hey, like, I haven't talked to him about it. The next day, so Monday... Phoebe talked to her therapist, um, didn't really do much during the day, and she went out to dinner with Aunt and some mutual friends. After dinner, Phoebe and Aunt got into a fight. Apparently, this was a big, kind of huge argument that they got into, and they ended up going their separate ways. Phoebe called her friend Brendan several times until he answered. or He said that um, she actually woke him up and was begging him to come out and um, have a drink with her. And just said, just come, please, just have a drink with me. He agreed. And while at the bar, um, Aunt called Phoebe's phone 27 times. I mean, I can't say anything I'm guilty of calling Tyler obsessively when I know he's like playing a video game and won't answer the phone. I have a game where I will call him as much as I can until he answers just to see what number it takes before he answers. 
I can see but that. But I'm see, petty though. I can see that. I feel like I'm one of the very rare females or women because if I call you once and you don't answer, I just have that mentality of you'll call me back when yeah. you see it. But that 27 times. 27 times is excessive. My, my calling weird. Tyler a million times is like. But you guys are married yeah. and, and you know what he's doing. And I know he's at home playing a video game and I'm just sitting here thinking, dude, really? This is, they just had a fight, fight. and she's out having drinks with a friend. That's very possessive. To call someone 27 very times. Very yes. narcissistic-ish. Yes, I agree. So after they left, Brendan had one drink with her and told her that she you know she needed to get home. So Phoebe left and she actually made her way to her mom's house. Um, and that's where she found herself talking to her stepdad about her relationship with Ann. I mean, this man made her something to eat, sat down at the table with her and just talked. And as someone who had a really awesome stepdad... This man sells great because how many men who did not raise you are going to make you food and sit in the dining room in the early hours of the morning and just talk to you? All around, I I I, I enjoyed her family. I like, mean, like I do all the great family. yeah, doing all the research like her grandparent, like her grandfather, her mom, her dad, her stepdad. Like they were all just like she. They're just great. I feel like they're a very yeah. loving, but loving, compassionate, caring family. Um, after her, she talked to her stepdad, she went home and that next day when she woke up, she ended up calling her therapist again. Um, and she told her therapist, you know, if it got really bad, I'll go to the hospital. But I just, I'm just, I think she was really just feeling mostly just anxious and just angry. Which good for her for having a therapist. I'm glad that we're talking more about that in our yes. episodes. Yes, and I'm glad that in this situation she had a therapist that she could call and just be like, I just need to talk about this situation. Especially, and, especially since it was ruled a suicide. Like yes. who would know who would know more to determine that than her, than her therapist. therapist. Yes. yes. And so she did talk to her therapist about the situation with Aunt. Um and then on the first that's when she sends this really weird message, and a lot of people know this case because of the message, and I'm going to let um, Bethany read the message, but she sent this message to her family, so she sent it to her grandmother, her mom, her dad. Um, she did not send it to her brother, um, but she, she sent it to aunt, and she sent it to her boss. So, starting right here. Okay. Okay, it reads as following. Hi, family, which I'm going to start off by saying that's weird. Anyways, I am in bed about to sleep, and when I wake, and wake is all capitalized, take note of that, I guess, I will transform into the most incredible human being you've ever seen. I will go, I will go to the hospital. It's safer there, and I hear the special tonight is tomato soup. Delicious. Nutritious. This is weird. Okay. I love you all very much, but not enough to send an individual text. Sorry about that, but time is sleep and I must be on my way. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. XO. Okay. So a little weird, right? I, like, okay, I'm going to be honest here. If anybody sent me that message, 
I'm going to your house. <laughs> right? I am calling you. I'm going to your house. I am, I might alert the police. I don't know. Like, I might be crazy, but like, that is. No, I definitely feel weird. like this is a very strange message. Um, like, is it like somebody's Senate trying to pretend it's you weird, or is it something's very wrong with this person and we need to get in contact with them right away? Weird. Yes. So. I'm not sure what it meant and what she was trying to come across and say, but Phoebe's mom, Natalie, immediately called Jeanette, which is Phoebe's grandmother, to mm-hmm. check on her. Um, the reason she called her um, was because Phoebe was incredibly close to her grandmother and talked to her about everything. Um, to the point that on a lot of like episodes and info that I read about this, like, Phoebe talked to her grandmother about her relationship with Aunt. She talked to her about drugs that she was using. She talked to Phoebe, uh, or Phoebe talked to her grandmother about sex that she was having with people. Like, she thought of her grandmother as her best friend. She just had, like, that connection with her family that, like, everybody wishes they had with her family. Like, her family just seemed like a bunch of people that just genuinely loved each other. Yeah, and they cared for each other. Which is sad that we don't think that a lot of families are like that. But in my mind, if I when I was doing this research and watching this, I was like, oh, that's so nice that all of her family get along. <laughs> so I would I think know, that right? way. According to the podcast Phoebe's Fall, Jeanette then called Aunt to see if he was around her. Aunt claimed that he had checked on Phoebe and that she was asleep. Um... Like, he checked on her after the text message, but that she was asleep. Um, it is important here to mention that she does have two cell phones. Okay. And that's a little weird, I know. But one was a really old Nokia, and the other one was an iPhone that Aunt had given to her. Okay, that's weird. So, I mean, kind of remember that, but, yeah. Um... The message was sent, this tomato soup message was sent on the iPhone at 10 a.m. Okay? okay. It was 10 a.m. On the, on the 1st. The next day is December the 12th, and this is the day that Phoebe would pass away. I mean, I'm not going to say if it was suicide or murder, because you can decide that for yourself. But the next day... Anthony left for work at normal around 8.30. I should also mention that the bougie apartment that they lived in had key cards, and you had to swipe your key card to get in or or out. Mm -hmm. Okay? Around 8.45, so 15 minutes after Aunt left for work, Phoebe got up and used the computer, their laptop, to send an email. At 11.43, there was a fire alarm in the building. The... Phoebe is shown on camera leaving the apartment with her dog Yoshi, which number one is the freaking cutest name I was of all to time. Say that. I love like, why do I? Why have I never had a pet named Yoshi? I just don't understand it. But anyway, um, the video does show her stumbling and kind of falling into a wall. So there has been some questions about if she was intoxicated, but uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Eleven fifty, she is seen going back inside with Yoshi. And this would be the last time that she's seen on camera. Or really the last time that she's seen in general. 
So nothing else really happens the rest of the day. Um, but until shortly after seven, a concierge named Beth went down to the trash room and attempted to open a door. And she kind of found it blocked and she couldn't see what was behind the door. So kind of the same situation when we did uh, the Martha Morgan case. You're trying to get into a room and the door's locked or the door's blocked. So you're kind of pushing on it a little bit. Um, she is able to open it a little bit. And when she opened it, that's when she was able to see the body of Phoebe blocking the door. So she immediately calls the building manager first, which I kind of understand, you know, you I mean, want to call that. You just saw a dead body. I'd yeah. be freaking out. I'd be freaking yeah. out. But literally, as soon as she called him, it was like maybe not even two minutes later, she called the police. And by 722, the police had arrived and established a, con, a, a crime scene. Now, according to the inquest, the first, the coroner's inquest, it states that the paramedics, and this is in a facts list. This is not an interpretation. This is literally in a list of facts about the case. According to this inquest, it states that paramedics, the responding paramedics, did not touch her nor attempt to check for life signs as she appeared dead. I can find this completely unacceptable. Um, just because someone looks dead does not mean they are dead. And I think it is at the very least that someone should have went over and checked for vital signs. So, um, you guys know, Crystal does all the book reading. I mean, I we both read books, but for when it comes to research in the podcast, she likes to read. And I like to watch. So, I, you know, I always go into YouTube. Shout out Amazon Prime. We're still waiting for our sponsor. Um, and I did find a documentary on this, and I think it was by, like, 60 Minutes mm -hmm. from Australia. It was, yes. It was a great video. It was. It's about 20 minutes long. Definitely should check it out. Um, and, you know, I did ask my husband, because, you know, for those of you that don't know, he is a firefighter, but he's also medically trained um, as a medic, and he says that even when they go to a scene... You still have to do, um, like, life-saving measures for at least two minutes. Mm hmm So, CPR, check for signs of life, anything. Um, because he says that, I guess... Because I, I asked, I was like, how long can you go without oxygen? He said two minutes. So, that's why when you see people doing CPR, they at least do it for two minutes. Obviously, Phoebe had some other stuff going on, so that probably wouldn't help. But he said they still would have been required to check the pulse, yeah. check and see if anything else was going on. And that was the first thing. And I agree with Crystal. When I was watching everything, I was like, that's really weird. weird. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Even here, like in America, and I know we're not the best country, um, they would probably check the body. <laughs> Yeah, I look think, at and it. I think most people in most situations, the paramedics would have checked her, but I think for some whatever reason in this particular situation, they just didn't. It, was just, it, it is weird. It's not fishy. It's not fishy, yeah. guys. It was the fishiest, the smelliest smell. smell well, there's a know. lot of fishy stuff in this story. A whole lot. 
According to the forensic pathologist on this case, Dr. Lynch, he suspected that Phoebe entered the trash shaft um, that was connected to the trash room, basically, um, on the 12th floor and slid slash fell down the chute to the ground floor. And she ultimately ended up in like a big, one of those big like trash bins. Just imagine the stuff that you see on TV where people slide down the trash chute and there's like a big trash bin at the bit, mm-hmm. the bottom. That's basically what she landed in. Um, blood evidence in the chute up to the 12th floor does seem to corroborate this. The trash chute that Phoebe would have entered, um, it would have been, just imagine, if you can, a trash chute that's kind of rectangular and has a door that you pull straight down, and it's a weighted door. So, imagine, like, what you put um, when you drop packages off at the post office. They have the big doors you pull, and you put your packages in, and you but pull back up. But this is, like, a really heavy. It doesn't yes. pull down as easy. Yes, this is, has, like, a lot of weight to it. So, the door itself to like get into the actual trash chute it's about 21 inches wide and 11 inches tall so this is not a huge space this is Mm -mm. pretty small and now evidence showed that phoebe initially survived the 11 story fall to the bottom of the chute and at the very end of the chute, there's a compactor that was used to, like, if someone threw, like, cardboard boxes or bigger trash down, it would kind of chop it in half just to make it a little bit easier going through. Now, when she slid through, this compactor would end up slicing her leg. And we'll talk more about that, but just know that it did slice her leg. Once on the floor of the... um excuse me, once on the floor of the room, evidence shows that Phoebe attempted to move around and perhaps get around the room. Um, Some investigator kind of theorized from the looks of it that the bin that Phoebe landed in, either when she fell in, it tipped over from like the force of her falling in, or once she was in there, she tipped it over. I kind of feel like it was a I mean, we we don't know, but I feel like just when I was watching it that it was just, you know, she's probably, what, 120 pounds, mm-hmm. 130 pounds going down 11 stories. She's probably building up speed. It probably just, like, shot over as soon as she hit it. Yes, that's what I was thinking, too. Um, there is no evidence if the, if the light was off or on in the actual room, but the door was shut. But you have to suspect that since no one was in the room, that most people would have turned the light off. It's where the garbage goes. Yeah. And if no one had been in there since that morning, chances are the light was off. So all I can think about is her in a massive amount of pain in the pitch black dark trying to find her way out. Covered in garbage. Yeah. It just feels very scary to me. And I cannot even imagine what she must have been feeling in that moment. When police finally examined Phoebe's body, they found her with her jeans and her belt around her ankles. And I don't want to necessarily say it's around her ankles, but, like, kind of, like, in between, like, her knee and ankle. Like, they were down. Um, And this is strange considering it's accepted that she went into the chute feet first. So, the only thing, and I really couldn't find anything about it, but the only thing that I could think was maybe when she got into the compactor, a part of the jeans got hung and 
like maybe she was kind of half hanging out of the chute by her jeans and when she kind of pulled it pulled her pants down but I'm just really spitballing at this point. Someone else on the case suggested that maybe when she suffered the slice on her leg that she tried to take her belt off or her jeans off to kind of stop the bleeding. I can see that. I can see that. You know, there's certain things I can see, but it is very strange to think about. Overall, Phoebe suffered for some minor abrasions on her head and bruising on her neck, dirt, and some other minor abrasions on her chest, several um, abrasions on her stomach that were deep, like almost like into the muscle, Her arms had bruising and more cuts, and her right leg was almost completely amputated. Um, They said it was, at this point, it was only attached by the muscle tendons. So, it was literally just barely hanging on. God. Um, She was hurt all over from this fall, but ultimately, she would die from the massive blood loss of her leg. Which she probably could have maybe possibly survived if the paramedics had a... Checked her. Yeah. Mm, you, know. you know. Yeah. When Phoebe died, she did have alcohol and prescription medication in her system. Um, her alcohol, her blood alcohol content was over what they considered the legal limit, and she would have been drunk. They said, but, like, three times or something. Yeah. Above. But I don't think that that's enough to cause this to happen. It just doesn't make sense to me. Immediately after her body was found, the building manager offered the CCTV tapes to the police, and he stated to them that he wanted them to have them now, because if they didn't take them now, they were going to automatically get recorded over. Police declined to take these tapes, but by the time that they decided that they wanted them, all but two of the tapes had been erased. Jesus. I feel like we could be poli- I know we say this a lot, mm-hmm. but I genuinely think we could be mm-hmm. police officers. I, I mean, I agree. I completely God. agree. Because some of this is just stupid stuff that I just want to know why they like, just didn't have common honestly, sense. Honestly, like, if, no offense, but if you're a police officer and you're not taking stuff like this seriously, and, you know, we're not marginalized, we're not generalizing, I'm not saying all police officers... But what if this is your sister or your mom or, you know, just another human being and you have decency? Like, it's literally your job to find out what happened. And you don't think that, like, video footage is not something that you need? Like, heck yeah, I'd be like, yes, please, can I have all the tapes that you have now? Oh, I would have done the same thing. I would want them, I would... As the family member, I would want everything because I want to see for myself. So why aren't the police not immediately? Those are the people that are supposed to be there. The ones that are supposed to be finding out. Even if it is suicide, you still need evidence. Don't you have to do reports? And see, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking at first the the police officers were just automatically assuming this was suicide. And so they didn't want the, the tapes. And by the time that they, you know, kind of questioned it, then they were all erased. Shortly before Phoebe's body was found, Ant arrives home to the apartment, and his key card says that he arrived roughly around, I think it said around six something that he got home. I think, yeah. Um, And when he opens the door to the apartment, which he does not remember if it was locked or not, um, he finds the apartment empty, but that Phoebe's purse was on the counter. 
There was a broken glass on the floor that smelt like there had been some type of alcohol in it. And there was blood next to the computer, like on the mouse pad of the computer, mm-hmm. like kind of on the computer. Yeah. It, it was a laptop, so it was kind of like on the mouse pad area. He looked on the computer to see if she had looked anything up that might tell him where she was, um, but didn't really do anything after that. I think his statement says that he ended up ordering food and having a cigarette. Um, if I come home and, I mean, I don't have to worry about my husband. He would know what to do with a cup more than I would. But wouldn't you want to, like, see where your your partner is, your loved one that cut themselves Yeah, is hurt? You know, let me just order I mean, some takeout. Or, like you said, nosebleeds are super common in your house. So they it's are. not abnormal to see a little bit of blood. Yes. But even if you still see a little bit of blood, you're still going to say, hey, who cut themselves? Who has a nosebleed? Yeah. Like, they're going to question. why didn't you clean up the blood? Like, why is it still on the computer? Why is the broken glass still everywhere? Exactly. And why are you not here? Here, <laughs> yeah. Let me order some takeaway, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's just a little weird. Um, police also did not consider the apartment a crime scene so i want to make sure that that's clear that they did not take the broken glass they did not take the laptop and they did not swab the laptop for the blood on the computer and these people are just real winners i just have a million questions because i just want to know who sees a case of everything that's that and then you go to the person's apartment and when you're in their apartment you see a broken glass and blood on a computer, and you don't think that that's connected. You just think that's a total event that just happened by itself. I'm sorry. I think that's it. I think that's she stupid. fell down a garbage chute. Maybe she broke broke it. Maybe she's having a glass of wine while she's doing work on a computer, broke something, and then went to throw it in the garbage can and got caught in it or something. Like, wouldn't you put that together or... But no, even if that did connect, and which could make sense, would you not still take the broken glass to I would it? to examine it? Maybe let's say because the prescription that Crystal keeps mentioning, she was on sleeping meds, so she's not doing anything hard here, people. She's not doing like meth. Okay, <laughs> I know that's what you're probably sitting around. Oh, she's a junkie, alcoholic. It was sleeping pills. And they did find that in her, in her yeah. system with what she was drinking glass of wine. So it's not that weird that she had, you know, alcohol in her blood. What if somebody slipped more than they needed to in her wine glass or in the wine bottle or yeah. something? And she got woozy and tipped over the glass and cut herself and then freaked out. Or what happened. if she just had, had a really bad reaction to the... Sleepy medicine and the alcohol. alcohol. They're not supposed to mix anyway. Yeah. And so, of course, it's going to make her a little whatever. But anyway, there is some confusion about the iPhone that Phoebe had. And I told you this would be important. Um, so we're going to circle back to this now. Aunt claims that the morning before her death, he took the phone with him on Wednesday to get her phone fixed. Because the screen was messed up. Okay. If this is the case, how did she send the tomato soup message? (laughs) He claims that he took it when he went to work. But then when questioned again about how it was possible for her to still text using that phone, he then changes his story claiming that he was mistaken 
and that he had never taken the phone or that. And then it changed again and said that he took the phone on Thursday morning. So at this point, I'm thinking everything's weird and everything's a little sketchy with this man. I don't know him from Adam, but he sounds very sketchy. The night that Phoebe was found, she and Aunt were supposed to have dinner with her father. When her father, Leonid, I butchered that again, but when her father, Leonid, roll with it. We're going to roll with that one. I like it. Had not heard from her, he called her iPhone. He, she did not answer, obviously, but exactly one minute later, Aunt called her father and told him that Phoebe was not there. That's just, that he, Aunt, claims that it was just a big coincidence. How did he know to call the dad? Like, I mean. And I also read, I couldn't find it more than once. I only found this once, but I did find it once saying that that was the first time that Aunt had ever called him. Like, that was, like, the first time. All right, that's not suspicious at all. So, remember when I mentioned that Aunt ordered food and had a cigarette? Mm-hmm. So, during this time, he still doesn't know that Phoebe's dead, doesn't know where Phoebe is, just know that she's not in the apartment. Aunt orders food from the same place that they were supposed to go with her father, but he only ordered it for one person. So, he ordered food for himself. From the same place that they were supposed to eat. And I don't know about you, but that just rubs me the wrong way. I can rightfully say that both my husband and Crystal's husband would never do that. No. They would... I mean, even if we're fighting. I mean, even you and Tyler. Yes. If Even if we're fighting, I know my husband and I definitely know Tyler, they would still order us food. Exactly. Even if they weren't sure if we, when we were going to be home because I stormed out the house or whatever, they would still order my favorite food, or he would still order my favorite food and at least put it in the oven or the microwave. It's relationship, people. And then text me, but if I you, got you food. But if you already know your, your girlfriend is dead... You're not going to order food for <laughs> I mean, unless he's just that sucky of a boyfriend, which very well may be. But if I'm going to come, this is why I say me and Chris would probably be dangerous serial killers. Because I'm probably, even if I did offer, I know that sounded really bad, I apologize. Even if I did kill her. <laughs> I don't know, I'm laughing, making it work. Um, say I killed her, and I'm aunt. Um... I'm probably going to order her food, too, to make it look like I'm thinking about her. Making me look a little less suspicious. I know. You have to think about how to cover your tracks. Yeah. You got to be, there's two steps ahead. And now here you are calling her dad when you've never called her. And here you are ordering from a place that y'all eat at a lot. And you only get food for yourself. And it's suspicious. And she's still missing. Red flags. And the crash you just heard was, like, me destroying the mouse with my phone. Mm. It adds character to the show, people. We won't edit much out because it is who we are. (laughs) A hot mess express is what we are. (laughs) So, immediately after finding out about her death in the apartment complex, um, Aunt started referring to her death as a suicide. Like, he just... Just immediately... What happened... She committed suicide. Mm -hmm. 
something, this is something the police had not even ruled on. It would take five days, ultimately, for the police to rule it a suicide, but Ant and his parents were quick to keep saying it's a suicide. When Phoebe's parents went to visit Ant in the apartment, Natalie reported that he would not even come out of the room um, and say that he wouldn't come out because he was receiving hypnotherapy from a person that, I guess, does that. Um, I think it's also time to mention that both Ant's dad and stepmom are both very, very well-known judges in the area. And I'm talking... fishy in the beginning. This is what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm talking they are very well-known. Very wealthy. Um, I'm not saying anything else because I don't want to get sued. And I'm making a point of not pointing fingers. I think that's why in all the videos I watched, her parents made the point of when they said, who do you think it was? Mm -hmm. They never said him. Like, they never once said his name. I think everyone thinks it's him, but it's kind of the same case of, like, JonBenet Ramsey. Yes. The brother sues people all the time for claiming that he did it. So people tiptoe and say, you know, I'm not saying he did do it, but you come up with the facts and we have our own personal opinion. I'm saying he did do it, and you can see <laughs> You're not going to, what are you going to get? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> like, if you find something, let me know. Chances are <laughs> you suing me would give me more public relations, yeah. and so I can make more money off the fact that you're trying to sue me than if you what you're going to get. student loans, take them. Yes. <laughs> I'm already in the negative. <laughs> but Anne's strange behavior throughout the whole investigation would not go unnoticed by friends and family. Even as far as um, Phoebe's mom, Natalie, taking a tape recorder and recording conversations that she had with Aunt because of just the strangeness of everything that was being said. Um, their mutual friend, Vanessa, that I spoke about earlier, she stated that The atmosphere after Phoebe's death in the apartment was so strange that Aunt seemed fine, completely fine one second, but the next second when the handshakes or other visitors or police came by, it was almost like he would change completely in a second to to being like this mourning boyfriend when he was completely fine a second ago. And they state that... There were so many people in and out of the house that were friends of um, aunt that it almost felt like it was a party. And the way they described it was not like, you know, people weren't just like having fun at a party. It was just that there was a lot of people. There was all this conversation and the conversation wasn't necessarily always about Phoebe. It was just people like people were hanging out there, which feels very weird to me, too. And I I get. Normally people don't want to be around a bunch of people when they've just lost a loved one. Yeah. And like, I mean, I mean, but it can be different because like when my mom passed away, there was like 20 people in our house. That's because they want to be there for you though. In this situation, it was like he was forcing people to come over to their apartment and he was feeling guilty. Yes. And I think it's very weird that somebody that's a close friend of you can tell there's a difference between you're fine one second and the next second it's almost like you're putting up a front and making a show. Like, that to me says a lot. It's guilt. It's just guilt or Uh, something. Something And I mean, even if it's not guilt over killing her or having her killed. It's the fact she died. It can be, yeah, it can be some type of other guilt. 
People who think that Phoebe committed suicide or died accidentally look at her history of depression and her desire to climb things. So I found a lot of stuff talking about how um, friends mentioned that she would climb things when she was drunk. And particularly, they had told one story about how she got drunk one night, climbed up to the roof, and was jumping from building to building on the roof. So, absolutely crazy. I mean, she was a free spirit. But, so. yes, we talked about her being, str- like, strong-willed, free spirit, just an actual, just, like, fun-loving person. So, people do stupid stuff, and that was just her. And, I mean, I can see this whole thing being an, an accident if she fell off of a roof. But she fell down a tiny trash chute, and that just doesn't seem like it could be an accident to me. It just doesn't. Mm-mm. So, just completely dissatisfied with police work um, that had been going on on his granddaughter's case, Phoebe's grandfather, Lorne, was a retired detective, and he basically just took this case on for himself. Like, this was his new case. He reached out to the manufacturer of the trash chute and built a replica so that he could see if what the police were claiming happened was even possible. He actually used some of the girls who were Phoebe's friends that were the same height and weight Mm -hmm. um, and had them attempt to climb into the chute feet first without any help. In all of these situations, the girls were able to climb in. I mean, it was a struggle. There, You can look up some videos of them, like, trying to get in. Yeah, it's, and, it's interesting to watch. And even in one of the videos, they have to help one of the girls because it literally would have, like, almost decapitated her head. Yeah. And probably not. That's probably dramatic. But it would have hurt her head. Yeah. Because her body got into it. But then as she was sliding down. That weighted door. You can't hold the door and put your head in at the same time. So they still helped her, even though they were trying not to so that just shows how difficult it would have been for phoebe to do that by herself Mm -hmm. in all the situations like we said the girls were able to climb in but in doing so they left fingerprints and handprints all over the door Mm -hmm. all over the surrounding area because they had to use something to climb in like you can't just open the door stick your feet in i mean this this, in relation to Phoebe, would have been almost about chest it height. It was chest high, And there was nothing around in the hallway. I mean, the replica they did looked exactly like the apartment complex. And there was nothing around the door. It was just the door mm-hmm. in the hallway. So the door that Phoebe ultimately went through on the 12th floor, there were no fingerprints, no handprints, no anything. And to me, that's the biggest, like, no-brainer almost. Because how can she have gone through this? drunk and climbed in because i'm sorry if you've ever taken sleeping pills like they knock you out and her and in the video you can go on youtube and watch it it's really great to watch her best friend even says as she's doing it phoebe was a little drunk and on her meds i can't imagine she's like i'm sober doing this and it's difficult Mm -hmm. i can't imagine how she was doing that so like take that into perspective i just don't think it's possible that it it, it and to not leave fingerprints. If you're drunk and on sleeping meds, you're going to be all over the place, touching everything, stumbling. Yeah, I just don't think that that's an accurate representation of happened. I don't think it was mm-hmm. an accident. I think an accident could be completely ruled out. 
Weeks after the investigation, the laptop from the apartment was finally taken, but by this time it was wiped clean. Oh, duh. I'm going to be it in their apartment. Yes, I'm going to leave the conspiracy theorist in this and say that his famous rich judge parents told him to to do it. Like, I can't convince him otherwise. According to the officer who interviewed Ant, which his statement is one that I've referenced a lot, um, and it's actually really interesting. While giving his statement to the police about Phoebe, Ant acted as if he was emotional, but <laughs> but was not showing the signs of emotion. So basically, like he was like crying and like sniffing and sniffing his nose and like rubbing his nose, like and rubbing his eyes, like he was crying. But there was like no runny nose, no snot coming out of his nose, and like he wasn't crying actual tears. So the police officer felt that he was really faking it, which is just shady as crap to me. Like. Like, come on, man. It would have been better if you just had no emotion at all rather than faking it. Like, even if he did Okay, even if he didn't have anything to do with it, why fake it? You just want yourself to look better? or Oh, 100% think he's a narcissist and wanted himself to look better and wanted people to have sympathy for him. It does make you look bad, though. Your girlfriend falls down a chute severs her leg off, dies from blood loss, and you're upstairs ordering takeout just for you. And then you're going to this interview and faking a nose running and crying. Yeah. Pick pick a side. (laughs) Which one are you? I mean, okay, so in addition to this, and this is the part that if the fake emotion didn't kick you, like, in the face and tell you something shady, this next part should. While being interviewed and giving his statement, the police officer reported that Ant offered to type his own statement, claiming that it would be faster if he did it himself. What? I've never heard of somebody doing that. All I can imagine... And they had to write it. Yes. Well, all I can imagine is Ant and this police officer sitting in a room, and the police officer is typing out... What Ant is saying is a statement. And at some point, Ant gets so irritated and just says, you know, it would be faster if I did that myself. All right, buddy, you could make yourself look more suspicious if you tried. (sighs) I'm sorry. And I get that everyone reacts differently in situations of loss. Mm -hmm. But this is weird, guys. Like, this is really weird. And teach their own. So, since her death, Phoebe's family have pushed for inquest into her death as they don't believe it was a suicide. And like Bethany was saying, they've never, like, openly said, we think Anthony had something to do with it. But... Her family's very classy. Yes. That's how I felt. They're very respectful. Like, they never... They haven't said anything bad about him. And the interviewer kept saying, well, what what do you think happened? And they think, they would just say that, I do think there was an outside person that was involved. But they never, like, straight out said, we think it was Ant. Even though, I you don't even, know, you I know don't they even do. think that Ant himself did it. I personally think that Ant hired someone to do it. That is just my personal opinion. There's just too much going on. How heavy the door is, how her grandfather did the replicas, and her friends could barely even get it. And they almost decapitated themselves, and... 
the alcohol and the meds. Like, I still believe that. They said that from the amount of meds that were in her body when they did the toxicology, she had to have taken the meds that morning. Mm -hmm. Why would you take sleeping pills in the morning when you know you have a full day of doing stuff? Which was odd to me. It was very odd, especially considering just how active she was and that she was training for her black belt. And there were so many different things that it felt like she was trying to keep her life. And she like, does doing work. Things. She does yes. marketing. So I'm sure that's what she was doing on her laptop. Like, And I just feel like she still had things that she was planning to do, and which she was. And that was something that her grandmother spoke about. They had a big thing coming up for the family. And Phoebe was excited about it because everyone was getting together. And now not everybody, you know, some people do kill themselves, you know, even after they started talking about the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't always someone excited about future plans does not always mean that they're not going to kill themselves. But she had called her therapist the night before. I don't, I mean, don't you think she would have mentioned something to her therapist if I'm having thoughts? But even though, like, I just don't understand how this could be a suicide because I don't understand how to make it work. Like, it doesn't work for me. I think it's the way she died. Suicide, yes. Suicide can happen anyway. Like, Crystal said, you can be super happy. But if she was trying to kill herself, why would she not go head first? Yeah, or why not just take more of the sleeping pills? Like, I have a lot of questions. Take the whole bottle, down the whole bottle of wine. Done deal. Done. You're done. You're good. You just sleep off or you foam at the mouth dead. Yeah. Why go through? That's painful. She severed her leg off. She fell 11 stories down, severed her leg off, drug herself out of the garbage bin, tried to get to the door, Mm -hmm. and then finally died from blood loss. It just doesn't make sense. That doesn't scream... I'm trying to kill myself. I just, I just can't, I, if it was an accident, I'm more willing to think of it as an accident than I am suicide. It just 100% does not make sense to me as a suicide. But it also doesn't make sense as an accident. No, it doesn't. she accidentally feet first climb into a heavy door and then wiggle herself down, it only makes sense in my mind if somebody had knocked her out or something, picked her her up, picked her up. Open the door with one hand and just slit her in. That's the only, I mean, it does make only sense. Only thing that makes sense. So, again, I'm not saying that Aunt did it, but the evidence doesn't line up. And the evidence points to somebody, in my opinion, the evidence points to someone doing this maliciously. And if you listen to this case on any other podcast or any other recording or any other, you know, documentary, they all kind of have the same conclusion that this feels really weird if i haven't done enough to convince you though that she didn't kill herself or that this wasn't an accident i really do encourage you look this case up um read the inquest they're very long they're like 80 pages a piece but i promise your opinion will change um at the conclusion of both inquests they both conclude that it was either an accident or suicide um, but I still don't understand how, after reading the inquest, they come to that conclusion because it just seems so black and white when you read it. Um, and that's kind of where her case ends. So a lot of people are still pushing for it. I mean, obviously, it's a great thing that people are still doing podcasts about it, making sure that her name is out there, that... Um, 
you know, his name is out there and so people can remember him. Um, maybe he can listen to a podcast and feel even more guilty and it'll just eat up inside of him. Probably not, but we can be hopeful. Eh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope so. I hope he feels guilty to this day. I hope he's... No, I'm not going to say that. I'll wait on that one. Um, the last thing I do want to mention is actually a different case. So I'm going to pull a second case into this. So a few years after Phoebe's death, Ant began dating a 25-year-old woman named Bailey Schneider. At this point, Ant was 52. This relationship actually started after a failed marriage that he found himself in after Phoebe's death. So after Phoebe died, he married this other girl. They were married for a few years, got divorced, um, and then that's when he met Bailey. Bailey told her parents um, that she was actually going to a barbecue with Aunt, um, but in reality, she was actually going to work as a stripper. Um, this was a job that her friends say that she hated, but it just paid really good money, and that was what she did. The next morning, um, she was at her parents' house, and her parents knew that she was drunk and that she probably did a little drugs and that, you know, that she was kind of messed up. So they just let her stay at the house by themselves while they went shopping. When they returned that afternoon, they found her on the ground in the kitchen um, with a rope around her neck. And her father ran over and, you know, tried to take it off of her and see if she was still breathing or alive. And she wasn't. It was suspected that she killed herself. However, her parents were not convinced of this as well either. Police, to this day, have not been able to figure out where in her parents' kitchen she would have hung herself because she was found on the floor. She was not found hanging. She was found on the floor. Um, And they don't know if the ligature marks around her neck were done by the cord or if they were a ligature march and someone strangling her and then putting the cord around her neck. What? So I'm not saying what? that he was involved. But that's suspicious. Two people that you were dating died from a parent's suicide. That's like, what's the, what's the male version of a black widow? I don't know. But like, he's a black, a black widow. widower. He's a, he's a black widow. People in his life that he's with, whether married or dating, die by apparent suicide. I mean, my gut tells me something's fishy's going on. What do we call him? A daddy long leg? Like, what's him? I don't know. But, like, I don't want to call him daddy. <laughs> well, I agree. But, like, women keep coming in this dude's life and then they kill themselves. Like, <laughs> it's really suspicious. I, again, am not saying he is doing anything, but what is the chances? What's the, that, that's not, that's like, a weird a, coincidence. Like, there are coincidences, and I've heard of them, and I'm sure someone else here has too, of like people who've had multiple husbands and their husbands all die in accidents, or their husband, they've lost like four that's, husbands. Man, it's always that's suspicious. Bad luck. That's bad but luck. But some of them just happen that way. Like, they just had a really sucky luck. But how many people do you know that have dated two people who have died of apparent suicide where their family doesn't believe they actually committed suicide because it doesn't look like within, suicide? Within a few years, too. It's not like it's been oh, 20, yeah. 30 years. It's been a few years, handful of years here, people. The whole thing is suspicious to me. I don't buy it. I feel like something else is going on. I, you just couldn't convince me. And his parents are both judges. 
It's, anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah, that just feels very weird, too. So, I know this has been kind of a long episode. Um, so, I'm sorry you had to listen to all this if you had to listen to it in multiple parts. Because on long episodes, I have to do that. Like, I have to, like... It takes me 15 minutes to drive to work. Once I get into work, I can listen to 15 minutes. And then when I drive home, I can listen to 15 minutes. I'm sorry if you had to do that, too. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this case. Um, it was a really good one to research. It, I mean, it really got your mind going. and Yeah. I enjoyed watching all the videos and reading about it. I'm, it's very misfortunate what happened, but it was... I did kind of think, find out, though, that this case is bigger in the United States than it is in um, Australia. I read about that. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, we, Tyler and I have a friend that lives in Melbourne, and the first person I wanted to ask about this case was him. Because I'm like, come on, like, you lived there, like, you lived through when this happened, tell me what you know. And he was like, um, all I really know is the girl who they think killed herself, but other people don't think she did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think there's a 60 Minutes documentary. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's all you know? So, Shane, you disappointed me. Shout out to him. He <laughs> does listen to the podcast. We appreciate you. So, um, I thought that was weird that it's a bigger case here than it was there. That's America, though. We're a bunch of weirdos that like true crime and weird stuff like that. Yeah. And bring attention to it. I mean, I'll, I'll giving us it. a job to do. So. Yeah, I'll take it. So, message us or comment on our Instagram post. You know, I post the little highlights and pictures and stuff. So, comment and tell us what you think. Um, I'm really, you know, want to hear other people's opinions on the case and what you think happened Mm -hmm. maybe you disagree with us maybe the evidence tells you that she did kill herself i want to know what you think and why you think it so um that is all i got you have anything you want to add um only thing i have to add guys is um we have slowly and i mean slowly because it does take forever been uploading uh our content onto youtube oh yes we do have a youtube channel you can just find us at bayou chronicles or you can even type in bayou chronicles podcast and you'll see our logo we only have three videos up right now, but it's getting some really good feedback. We've uploaded our streams from Twitch, and our very first episode, maybe here soon, we'll get our acts together and upload more. It just takes... It takes a long time. Oh, it takes hours to upload YouTube videos, guys. But, yeah, go check us out on there, and, yeah, thanks so much for listening to us. Yep. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.